Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Well, alrighty. Hey there, everybody. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 139, coming at you on the first day of fall here on the West Coast. So I hope wherever you're at, life is treating you well. And for our friends up in Northern California who are actually fighting smoke and fire right now up in the land of the American River Music Festival, uh, thoughts and prayers are with you, and I hope that things subsides and you return to some happy fall weather very soon. So back in podcasting mode, I always say that my latest podcast or our latest podcast or this latest episode is always my favorite. And this one is certainly no exception. Uh, This is what I've been waiting to do for quite a while. I think a lot of us have been waiting for a new CD for this guy from this guy for a long while. So it makes the podcast worth waiting for. Today we'll be talking to songwriter Keith Greninger, who's no stranger to songs and stories. He was on this podcast way back in... 2008. I think I've actually been doing this since 2007, so it was an early podcast, early songs and stories. Keith was on episodes number 27 and 28 when the Glorious Peasant record came out. And then a couple of years later in 2010, I had both he and Dan Kai on in episodes 85 and 86 when they finished their Make It Rain record. So it's been a while since Keith's done um, a studio recording of his own with his own name across it. And what he's been doing the last several years is just been keeping really busy. Uh, One thing he's been doing besides just writing and playing and touring is producing a lot of other people's work. And a focus of this episode, besides the new record, which we'll hear pieces of and hear some live performances of from Keith in a little bit, is he's developed this recording space up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. He's dubbed it Wind River Studios. It's upstairs in this huge, beautiful house built by a man named Chuck Pyle. And it's just, it's a really nice space. And I'll kind of let him describe it, but I can personally attest that it's a cool spot because I just recorded my little holiday EP there last week and we finished mixing last night. Working title is Lump of Coal. It's going to be three holiday songs, a couple of live things. And it was really fun working with Keith and DJ, the guy behind the board up at Wind River Studios and just kind of tracking stuff live and knocking it out and making it sound really good. It was really a cool experience and I can't wait to record more up there. Like Keith has for his new record, Soul Connection. So he's assembled quite a cast of characters, amazing players on this record. And I think what I'll do is keep my talking short because there is a lot of content here. I hope you're, you have this either at your desk or you're, or, you're, or you're taking a walk or you're driving and you have time to listen to the whole, what's going to be almost an hour of Keith. Um, I think we can, we can all stand an hour of Keith playing and talking about the record. Uh, really quickly before we get into the music is if you're new to Songs of Stories, you can find out more about this podcast and what I'm up to and other related things that go with this particular episode by going to michaelgather.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. And if you go under blogs or podcasts, you'll find a section for Songs of Stories 139, and I'll have links to uh, the previous podcast with Keith, the uh, things he talks about, the players on the record, and just all kinds of cool related stuff you can click on while you listen. So to get started, Keith does play live on this, but I want you to hear a couple of things on the record. This, you can kind of really get an idea what this is about. Let's hear a couple of snippets. Let's hear Face of Love, a really pretty quiet song he sings with his daughter, Tanaya. And then we'll hear a bit of Love for a While, this big monster track that the band kind of just took and ran with. And you'll hear him talk about these two songs in the, um, in the episode. So let's hear that. And then we'll hear Keith play a little bit solo. And then we'll talk to him and DJ about uh, Soul Connection and Wind River Studios and cool things up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Smile 
was never by your side Would you sing the songs I left unsung Here's just a dream Chat, but you got a guitar in your hand. Why don't you play something and we'll chit chat? Okay, man. And you're playing a Santa Cruz guitar. It is. It's a, it's a old Santa Cruz. It's a 1988 OM. And like I just said, why would you play anything else? That's right. Can't explain 
Wipe the tear from Guadalupe's head Don't you let those people see your guts sink If they did, somebody might wonder why Sweet Rose ahead to die And Alejandro is a quiet man Makes his living with his own Searches for his dreams in another man's land. He speaks to angels a whole lot more than me. The sunset shining through his stained glass tower. Come on, Jesus, you gotta do. Need the whole flame, just a little spark. Something to guide us along when the road gets cold and dark. Wrap the tear from Guadalupe's eyes. And don't you let those people see a good saint cry. They did, somebody might wonder why Sweet Rosa had to die Communion wine and holy water Stretch the skin across the bones All the faith in this whole world can keep us from feeling alone. Sometimes we're just alone. Wipe the tear from Guadalupe's eyes And don't you let those people see a good saint cry Cause if they did, somebody might wonder why Sweet Rose ahead to die No, I'm not, not at a loss for words, but I don't even know what to ask now. <laughs> you just ruined everything. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about where we're sitting at. We're sure. sitting at this beautiful house, room, studio, <clears> up <throat> in the are. Santa Cruz Mountains. We're at a, a beautiful piece of property about five, six miles outside of downtown Santa Cruz in the hills. It feels really far away, but it's not. It feels a long ways away. It only takes about 12, 15 minutes to get out here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on 40 acres that a very good friend of mine owns, mm -hmm. a friend of mine by the name of Chuck Pyle. Um, <clears throat> it has a lot of history for me. I, I lived with my uh, wife and children just at the mouth of the, mm -hmm. the entrance to the driveway here for about four or five years when my kids were little. And, um, you know, I'm a builder and a carpenter as well and mm -hmm. supported my music habit with that for many <laughs> years. And so I used to come up here and um, I got to know my friend Chuck here 
through the building industry and uh, I would come up here and, and work out of this space and mm -hmm. we'd build a lot of oak, you know big post and beam things yeah, together yeah. and stuff and, uh, and he's a real artisan he is he's an amazing craftsman yeah. um, amazing there's a whole bunch of uh, amazing craftsmen that live actually on the property right. here which mm -hmm. is great and uh, we this room here um, for those of you who are listening it, it, it's kind of a big open room uh, it has these uh, scissor trusses big fur beams with redwood and surfboards hanging ceiling. from the ceiling. Yes, wooden surfboards <clears throat> hanging from the yeah. ceiling. Um, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous roof. And we used to just store stuff in here. Um, my friend Chuck always had a vision for this this room being something special. You can tell by the way he built it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, I kept coming up here and I kept thinking to myself, man, this would make one hell of a music studio. Uh -huh. wow. And uh, How many years have you been coming up here? I've been coming up here for about 15 <clears throat> years. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so uh, as I started looking for a larger studio space, I got to talking to my buddy Chuck and I said, hey man, what do you think about this place being a music studio? Mm -hmm. And he said, immediately, he said, let's do it. Nice. He says, let's do it. I so, see Chuck doing that too. Yeah, yeah. well, what's kind of cool about that too is that um, there's, there's a really nice little magical part of the story, which is... It turns out that my friend Chuck here mm -hmm. grew up right next door to my mother when they were children. Uh, <clears throat> so there's this, this very cool connection, yeah, yeah. you know, 50 years later, right? right, 60 years Long later, whatever circle. the case is. Um, turns out that they find out that they grew up right next to mm -hmm. each other. My mother used to tell me about this family that when she was a child that lived right next to her that played music. Mm -hmm. So Chuck came from a musical family. So... Anyway, that's that's what this space is now. This is our new studio. I got my buddy DJ here, who's hey DJ main engineer. <laughs> <laughs> He's been working hard all afternoon. He has, man. Yeah. We've been working on Michael's. I can and I can attest this. Is, I can attest this is a great recording space. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah you know, is. it's for me. It's always been important to. Um, I feel like recording is actually secondary. You know, equipment and 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 stuff is is secondary next to performance, mm -hmm. right? And right. when we come in here as musical people, ideally you want to come into a space where you're not overthinking things, where you're feeling inspired by the space. Mm -hmm. In this place here, of course, we're out in the Redwoods. Um, we've got large windows. We basically invite the outside in. Yeah. And I've always done some of my favorite recordings that way. Mm -hmm. So now we have this really cool space to, to do that. We need to take a break. You just walk outside, yeah. take a walk. And With the deers, the coyotes, and the crows. Yeah, we saw some deer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We've got some bobcats. And bobcats. I'm a bobcat. The bobcats. They'll probably see on the way out tonight in the dark. Hopefully a bobcat, not a mountain lion. Yeah. You know, it's a short exactly. walk in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but i got to say, just you know, recording here last week, It's and maybe it's where I'm at or because you're here, it's a combination of everything, but... It's the most fun and relaxed I've had a recording. I mean, it's just, oh, it was good, just we just came out here. Yeah, we, we just came in and played, and it was, wow, this, this sounds good. Yeah. You know? Well, we've tried to set it up that way, you yeah. know? You learn over time. I've done a lot of recording over the years. And, you know, I've got to work in some great studios, and I've always had the you know, pleasure of working with great engineers. Mm -hmm. But you're always paying attention to, you know, each person has their kind of own style of what, you know, what, yeah. how they yeah. feel comfortable. Some of my favorite moments with music tend to happen with friends in a large room mm -hmm. where there's often food and drink involved. Right. You know? yeah. um, just, you know, moments like that. Yeah. And so over time, you know, my hope was to try to, try to create a space where you had equipment that was great and good enough to capture that. You had yeah. engineers that were sh sharp enough to know how to set things up. Yeah. But you had a space where people felt like they were gathering. Mm -hmm. where they were inspired and it feels like that yeah there's, there's a kitchen and a bathroom and a fridge and yeah you, you know, know it's just uh, okay let's take a break let's eat some food let's you know yeah. let's keep our minds off the fact that we're recording and let's keep our I like focus that. on the heart I like that a lot. and spirit so yeah. yeah thanks I'm glad you like that yep. we're having a good time with it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah very cool and I was going to ask before we talked about the new record is how long how long have you been producing other people's work ah uh, Probably about a little over 10 years I was now. Say, it's been a while. I mean, you know, we started... I think when you and I first got to know each other, it was at least 10 years ago, and you were kind of doing it back then yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. It could be as many as 12. Or, but, 
you know, when we started record, when we recorded the first City Folk stuff, mm -hmm. we were we were self-producing all that. Okay. And um, for me, I've just always loved the studio, mm -hmm. and it's it's not always the same for for you know some artists don't like the studio, mm -hmm. and some are comfortable in it. I don't know why, but I always enjoyed the process, and I've always found it just a very comfortable setting, even. Yeah. Uh, you know, way back in the days when I'd go into studios with my high school band or something, mm -hmm. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, um, so you know, once we started, you know, I got together with Roger and Kimball, and we were doing the city folk thing for yeah. you. You know, all those recordings, we just kind of go in and, and we'd make music. Yeah, and uh, every time probably was, recording it kind of live like you're doing here. I would very much imagine. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very much so. Most, like most of the city folk stuff was live. Yeah. In fact, the shadows on the wall record. Um, was completely live. You know, that was... A, Is that the After Hours project? That was the After Hours project, <laughs> and that was completely, you know... Yeah. And then... And for people listening, the After Hours project is like late at night in the studio. Yeah. Right, we had a friend... Uh, we might have talked about this on a previous podcast. I, I don't know. Have, but, but we did, yeah. a, you know, one of the guys in the band had a good friend that worked at the record plant. That's right. In Sausalito, yeah. Yeah. which was a very famous mm -hmm. recording studio. Uh, you know, a lot of Fleetwood Mac and recorded rumors there, and Stevie Wonder recorded it. And, and this guy would sneak us in very late at night when mm -hmm. no one was around and allow <laughs> us to go into the big room. Yeah. Um, yes. It was right around the time when, when, you know, kind of digital capturing also was just coming on. Right. So that record um, was just the three of us sitting there. And then he was just mixing as, as it went down, mm -hmm. bringing it through all their nice gear, right. but sending it straight to a digital two-track. Uh, and okay. so that's how that record got, oh, got made. It was yeah. really just... We were just playing. We were just making some demos. We didn't think we were making a record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But afterwards, we listened to it and said, "Well, you know, sounds like us. Let's yeah, let's, let's, let's release it. it. Why, yeah. why, why redo it and keep doing it?" Yeah, and mm -hmm. you know, in that, in that kind of um, thought process, what I found is interesting is that ever since I started recording, there seems to be a rhythm where I've recorded. You know, maybe a larger record, a little more of a multi-track record, mm -hmm. and then the next one seems to be a little more pared down mm. and more of a live recording. Right. Um, I like both processes yeah. because you get to bring forward different things on both, but they also balance each other out a lot. Mm -hmm. If you spend too much time only doing larger projects that are perfectly created and multi-tracked, yeah, um, you begin to lose perspective on the power of live performance yeah i was going to say because you you followed glorious peasant with make it rain right it's kind of one of each right yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was another record that literally when dane and i went in to work with cookie uh, Marenko, yeah. over at, at blue coast records that record was pretty much done in an afternoon and right you know right. we started in the afternoon and by the end of the evening yeah. we just did you know three or four takes of each song yeah. just move on you know you ch yeah. kind of fall into this you stop worrying about it, and you mm -hmm. just start playing music again. Right. Um, and plus, you guys had played and kind of honed that that chemistry exactly. for years yeah. in the songs too. Which is an important thing to remember when you're recording. Is right. it, it doesn't have to be larger than life. Yeah. Um, what you want to capture is really kind of what you do sometimes. Right. You know, right, right. that's that's yeah. nice. Yeah. And sometimes that's enough. So. Yeah, and make it rain was four years ago. Three or four, yeah. yeah and then Gloria yeah. Peasant was probably. It's been a while. Yeah, I think Glorious Peasant's at least five years old. Yeah. So yeah. Mega Rain was about three years. Right. And uh, I'll tell you one thing that's interesting, too, is that for the audiences, um, which has been a really educational thing for me, is that the audiences, as long as it's you and it's got some heart and soul and spirit in it, mm -hmm. they respond very similar to, to either way. So you can take a record that you're multi-tracking sometimes, you know, that takes you... 200 hours right or 150 yeah. hours to make or you take one that you make in a day yeah um they respond to it in very similar ways if it's if it's you and they like your stuff yeah you know and it's nice for them to have different perspectives sure. of, of what the artist does yeah you know? well the thing i like about your projects too i'm not just saying it's because we're buzz but it's like every project's a little different your, your first like post city folk album was kind of acoustic-y and sparsy, and then you had the Water album, then you had Glorious Peasant. They're all different, and it's nice because they're all... But when we go to a show and someone says, if, if they're at your CD mm -hmm. table, which mm -hmm. is a show I get, I go, I go, just get them all because they're all different. <laughs> <laughs> they really... And I'm not just saying that, but they're all different. They're yeah. All kind of, they all have a little different sound to them. 
it's, which is cool. It's a nice, you know, I like to try to do that with each record. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, you and I talked earlier. It's just, uh, it's nice to keep helping yourself grow a little bit and challenging yourself with each project. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you've done, yourself. yeah, once you've done yeah. something, it, it's kind of done. And, and there's a tendency to go, oh, I had success with that. Right. I should repeat that. Yeah. But it's not really fair to you and it's not really fair to the audience. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, people may think they want another, you know, Josephine or whatever that yeah. song might be, it's, that's already done. So yeah. what they really want is just you kind of doing whatever is the most exciting thing coming out of you at that time. Somebody so. actually told, this is like me, but someone actually told me, you should do a song that like name drops all the Takarias and Watsonville. And I said, I've done that. Yeah, it'd be a fun thing to throw out live sometimes sure, you know, when you're at a sure. show, right, yeah. with your thing. But. Exactly. So speaking of CDs, so this this new record, Soul Con- Soul Soul Connection. Connection. It's been a long yeah. afternoon, a long fun afternoon with DJ mixing my song. <laughs> so Soul Connection. I guess the the big thing is you had a really hard time getting a decent band for this, didn't you? You just couldn't find anybody to play on it. <laughs> I got lucky on this one. Yeah. Tell people who were playing on this record. Well, this was, a, this was a really cool record because yes, um, I got to play with some of my heroes. You know, Billy Payne, of course, being one of my all-time favorite piano players. From Little and Feet. From Little Feet, from James Taylor, from Jackson yeah. Brown, from Bob's, you know. It seemed that the, when I was younger and, and really starting to get into singer-songwriter music, mm-hmm. Um, which seemed to happen in my late teens, early 20s. Every concert I went to for a while, it seemed like he was playing piano <laughs> with that particular artist. <laughs> that guy again? You know, I'm like, damn, I like that piano playing. Who is that? And the artist would go, that's Billy Payne on piano. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Billy Payne, uh, Billy came in and played with us on this last record. We recorded most of the record here in, in this the studio room. live. Yeah. We, yeah. Spent, we spent two days tracking the main tracks with the band uh-huh. live. We also... We're fortunate enough to to get Hutch Hutchinson and Ricky Fatar from Who Bonnie are, Raitt's right. band. They're, they're just basically spec- Bonnie Raitt's rhythm section played on your record. Yeah, they've been playing with Bonnie for the last, you know, well, Ricky's been with her 27 years. Hutch has been with her for 32. Wow. But they've both played with a lot of artists, yeah. a lot of amazing artists, mm-hmm. not just Bonnie. But um, and I had met Hutch in Maui. Oh, okay. uh, he had come to a concert of mine and mm-hmm. oh, nice. uh, asked if he could sit in, and I said sure. Wow. And we became pals, and he played oh, all cool. that the rest of that tour with me. And so that's kind of where, you know, the, the beginnings of this particular band that played the record nice. started with mm-hmm. my meeting Hutch, yeah, and then meeting Ricky through him, and then yeah. Uh, once I had those guys, I got my nerve up to ask Billy. And Ricky is Ricky Fatar, yeah. And then we mm-hmm. had uh, Randy Mitchell playing. Um, Slide and electrically, who's just amazing. His hands never move. Yeah, the he's tones a, he gets is like, oh my gosh. Very, very soulful guitar player, and uh, you know he's played with uh, Warren Zevon, and yeah. he's played with Donna Summers, and he's just a great guy. Well, as soon as I heard your record, I'm like, that's the slide guitar from Warren's last album. And it's real. It's got a mm-hmm. real distinctive tone. Well, he played on the Glorious Peasant record as well. Okay. Um, lucky enough to have him on that, so it was a great band. And then, of course, some of the some of the amazing artists that have been working Jimmy Norris is on this again just one of the most amazing drummers you yeah. could ever ask for what is I mean, Jim Lewin one called? of the only drummers that asks for lyric sheets right I know, <laughs> I, know. Well, I, I, I play with him too and he goes can I have the he has charts with lyrics I was going to say that I, yeah. I, I did a thing with um, Jimmy and Dan um, I think summer before last and I was going to say Jim Lewin calls you guys the Santa Cruz Mafia <laughs> Ah, Jimmy Norris and Dan and those guys. Oh, yeah, the, the big boys. Yeah. Well, it, it was great. We had Jimmy, and of course, Dan sings on some of this record. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he's just amazing. Steve Uccello on the bass, Art Alm. Mm-hmm. Played some accordion for me. Barry Phillips. Uh, Jill Knight sang some amazing tracks with me on this. Um, and She's Nadia really did, cool. Yeah, Nadia mm-hmm. Lewis um, sang with me on Enough for Everyone. She was a... She was a gem, and then I got to uh, I got to sing with my daughter on this record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, that was a that was a real that was great, you know. So John R. You know, it was just we've had a, we've had a, a, a wonderful cast. Yeah, this was an interesting record. DJ and I have talked about it. Um, you know, every once in a while, you have a record that that just has its own personality. It's like children, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're yeah. one of your kids is just easy as pie. The other one yeah. comes out going kicking and screaming. Um, and they demand that they're going to be their own 
And this, this record mm -hmm. was kind of like that. Well, you and I talked about this a couple of months ago. I said, what's sort of like the overarching theme on this? And you were saying, you, were, you talked about that a little bit. Yeah, it, um, you know, somebody was saying the other day that had listened to the record, I had said something about um, kind of how the record, the overall theme seems to be this sense of uh, forgiveness, this sense of mm. acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're living in, just like like any any people throughout history, everybody always says, oh, we're living in hard times, or we're living in, you know, we're living in the times we're living in. Mm -hmm. and, and they can be a bit overwhelming, but the fact of the matter is, you know, the human spirit to me, I never give up on that, yeah. you know? So for me, in the record, I think once again, um, that's kind of where, what it comes from. You know, songs like Good Day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, somebody was asking me about Good Day, and I was saying, you know, I don't know. It feels to me like maybe a song about getting older and accepting that. Mm -hmm. And getting older and accepting the fact that, you know, I had somebody say, well, you know, you're singing this lyric about it's a good day, but the song's kind of, you know, pulled back and almost a little bit melancholy. Mm -hmm. I said, well, you know... The idea is maybe the older we get, the the more apparent it becomes that it's not about the highs and it's not about you know it, it it's kind of about the getting through. Yeah, it's about the fact that it ain't never going to be perfect. I like the but fact it can that, always yeah. be sweet. Yeah, you know, I like the fact that that song up. actually kicks off the record, but it's not a big, you know, it's just yeah. kind of like this kind of groove that kind of kicks off and it's a nice feeling and it's it. Starts the record off, I think, on a really nice note. Well, and that's, you know, DJ can attest to that. that that's another thing about this record that was interesting, which was the tracking of the record went very smooth. Mm -hmm. You know, getting yeah. the basic tracks, getting the grooves and stuff. But the flushing out of a lot of the songs was where it becomes interesting. Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, a song like Good Day, um, I mean, there's some songs that this, this is just the feel and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Then there's other songs that you hear in your head or you have a vision of in your heart. Right. And you you get the foundation of that out. Mm -hmm. But then you've got to bring what you're feeling in your spirit to life through the mm -hmm. music. And, you know, Good Day was a that was a cantankerous little bugger. We came at it from a lot of different ways once we had the basic track. Um, you know, but it, it it's one of those things where you just hang on, it's worth the ride, and you know you're going to you know you're gonna find each other. Yeah, <laughs> and I love contrasting right. songs like that I with think. like. Isn't that the truth? Uh, yeah. yeah, I learned about kidding. it through this one. <laughs> well, and I love contrast songs like that with like "Love for a While," which just explodes. You know? Yeah, and then the tune with your daughter, where I think you deliberately like kept it like not not at a monotone, but you kind of contained the vocal. I think very intentionally. It did with and that it makes one. it feel very tender. Yeah, you know it's funny because like you said, if you take the first three songs on the record. Good Day was definitely one of the last songs to be finished, oh, to finally say, yeah. okay, now you are who we hoped you would be, or close. Yeah. You know, like I said, kind of like, you can never manipulate it completely, but you can go, this is kind of what I wanted to share with people. Mm -hmm. This is kind of maybe what I heard in my head when I wrote it, or, you know, there's kind of these, you know, it's almost like chakra points, you know, when you're, when you're working on art, when you're working on music, a lot of times you find that you want to get this song to the point where maybe it it brushes up against this emotional place for people or this chakra, mm -hmm. right? So that so that it's not just about oh you know I hear the lyrics you know but you also there's another dimension which is you want people to feel the song as much as they hear it mm -hmm. and think about it right you want them to just feel it even if they're not thinking about it so there's some you know, songs where you just have to kind of wait and, and get to that point. Yeah. Um, whereas, say, Love for a While, which mm. is the second track. Yeah. I mean, that was a classic example of a song where I showed it to the band. They got excited about the chord changes. 20 minutes later, we had the track, really, just about once they got the chord nice. changes. We did two takes of that song, and it was done. Wow. You know, and mm -hmm. in that whole, you know, that whole vibe of it was mm -hmm. captured. So sometimes you get lucky in that way. Yeah. Um, well, you have a song that 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 kind of done, and you have guys that good to play with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what's great about you know when you play with bands. Anytime you're bringing people in the studio, you know you want to bring them in. You don't just want to 
bring them in and tell them what to do. You want to invite them in mm -hmm. because you want to say, hey, I want to see where you, t you know, help us take this, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's a great example of what a bunch of really fine musicians who also have their own visions mm -hmm. can do. Mm -hmm. They come in and they go, yeah, <laughs> I got this. You know, here's what I'm feeling. So in that moment in time, you have five different people feeling five different things yeah. and coming together. And to me, uh, love for a while that totally captures that that excitement, you know, that, yeah. that whole thing. Oh, yeah. of like, we didn't know where it was going. It was just like, one, two, <laughs> yeah. boom. And then it gets done, and you go, yeah. where the hell did that go? And then you go back and listen, and went, okay, oh, well, wherever okay. it went, yeah, yeah. that's where it's going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And then like, like songs like Jimmy and the Crows, but I, I, the more I listen to it, it's not really taking it. Sometimes I think it has a point of view. Sometimes it's like, it's about forgiveness, and this is the way. It's like when the first time I heard, it, I go, "Oh, the banker's the bad guy." Then you listen to it again, you go, "Oh, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind you know, of what it is. It's kind of just the state yeah. of things." Jimmy and the Crows is definitely, you know, a metaphor for kind of the housing crisis mm -hmm. that hit, yeah, which many of us were a part of, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's that whole thing again of there's that family element of there. There's that yeah. man and the woman of and the children. The whole idea of we can blame things, we can blame, you know, you always try to find the bad guy. Or, you know, in the end, it's not so much about the bad guy. It's about how we pull together right. to get each other right. through and always rise above. Yeah, it's not a black and white song about is. the bad banker, man. It's just about this is where these people are at, so now what's next? Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a song about, you know, do you go crazy? Mm -hmm. Do you get depressed? Or maybe do you it together and move to the sunny part of the valley you yeah know, that kind of thing you know yeah. so you know just yeah stuff that uh, just seems to be kind of moving through the yeah. psyche these days for me a little yeah. bit, you know i like how knowing knowing your music for a while just like i know i think the first time i heard surprise was you and keith up the, you and dan up the coast so these playing at the coast of mm -hmm. Noah. so these songs actually spread over you know a fair number of a fair period of time yeah yeah, yeah. um you know, I'm, I don't really like to, I don't need to rush sometimes. I'm not, mm -hmm. oftentimes not in a hurry to record. So I'll, I'll sometimes I'll have songs and I'll, I'll just hang on to them for a year or two mm -hmm. and, and just play them out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, play them in different configurations and keep reworking them a little. Yeah. And rewriting them until, um, you know, as I said, the way a lot of times for me, music is both physical and emotional as a player. Mm -hmm. I like to I like to feel it coming out of me yeah. and going into the room and, and, and moving through the audience and coming back to understand whether this you know how the song sits. So that's one nice thing sometimes about taking stuff out and playing it live a little bit yeah. um, before you record it. Uh, and there can be good things about that. But sure. sometimes you can over if you hang on to a song too much. You overthink it and you overplay it. I mean, it is cool. I mean, like like we talk about love for a while. You know, there was a tune that basically was had only been played out in public maybe one time before mm -hmm. we recorded it. Yeah. So I didn't have any preconceived notion of what it was going to be at that point oh, yet, that's good which too. is good. Yeah. Sometimes it's like boom. Right. You know, um, other one. You know, so a lot of the other tunes. You know, I kind of I had already formed a pretty strong opinion about mm -hmm. how I'd like them to feel. Yeah, it's probably good to have a mix. I would think into a record. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Although, it'd be, wouldn't it be fun to write a whole record where you just finish the stuff, you've never played it out, and you just throw it together like you know, a couple so days after? I was talking to, I was talking to, speaking to Jim Lou, and I talked to him about Great American Taxi a couple of years ago, and he was saying how they, because because they're sort of a, you know, Americana jam band fans record their shows, they know all their songs, so for their, right. this record they were doing when I talked to him and, and the rest of the band, they, they decided to do songs that, record songs that they hadn't played out live, so the whole record was like songs that nobody had heard. So they kind of figured them out in the studio. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a nice good. way to do it. They both mm. work out real well. Yeah. So for this record, you've kind of done the the West Coast homecoming. You went to Sisters. You came down the coast. You played at the Rio and Santa Cruz, and it's we kind did. of had its local welcome. So we now did. you're we kind of figuring the, out kind of what's next for Soul Connection. We got the record finished up, and you know, with and the Rio all, show DJ was, real, was and the Rio show was really fun. The Rio show was, was a blast, really fun. Man. The Rio show was a blast. Um, you know, that was, that was a, a really good experience for me. I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys came out. 
Billy and Hutch and Ricky and Randy all met me and, and sisters. And we, you know, were one of the headliners out there at the Sisters Folk Fest. We played that. And then we came down, played Grants Pass, played Chico, and then finished it up at the Rio. Um, I couldn't have been happier, really. It yeah. was just, it was a wonderful tour. Yeah. And uh, these guys were great. Their spirit was awesome. And, and you know, we're, we'd all like to do more of it. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll probably take a look at that. Oh, nice. Uh, but it was a great way to, I guess, just um, finalize, complete the, the, the recording. Yeah. Complete yeah. the whole process, yeah. you know. And to bring... Uh, and it was also your first kind of fundraising effort project, I think, too, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah. the first time we'd ever... Which went really well. tiptoed out into crowdfunding. Yeah. It, it went, went really incredibly well. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm so grateful and yeah. proud of my audience. I mean, they have, they're just an amazing batch of people. And uh, you, you just never know. You know, you, you feel a little... You know, I feel like the audience already gives us so much in their support by coming to the shows and by, yeah. you know, spreading the music around. That we were talking last week. It's like we write these songs, and sometimes people start humming them, or they come to you. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's a great group of people. So you feel a little. You don't want to cross that boundary and ask people for too much. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that that does happen over time is you you get so many comments from people about how. Let me know if I can help somehow, you yeah, know, or how yeah. can we help get your music out there more? You know, that's a very common thing that I think independent artists hear yeah. from such great, you know, such a great audience. And so, you know, with this record, having the opportunity to work with these guys and knowing that I kind of wanted to take everything maybe to to a, a slightly different intensity level, mm -hmm. maybe up the touring. My kids yeah. are now older. You know, um, I didn't want to be on the road all the time when they were real young, but yeah. now they're up and one of them already moved out of the house. <laughs> yeah. The other one's about to go. <laughs> yeah. They don't care um, if you're on tour. No, they're know. they're great, but but so it's it's kind of a time, you know, it's a good time. I'm I'm more in a place where it's good to get out there more. Yeah. So to go to the audience and say, hey, here's here's kind of the idea. Yep. Here's the goal. Um, it, you know. You guys want to help us out with this, and to, to get that kind of response was wonderful. Nice, you know. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Cool. So thank you, everybody out there listening, hmm. uh, for everything. Really, yeah. I mean, we're all we're all part of the team here. Yeah, and the record's just brand new. It's just kind of making its way out, and it's just who knows where it'll take there, it. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking right now at um, getting prepped, you know, for for the national radio campaign. Nice. And just trying to figure out timing wise. Yeah. You know, right now it's just nice to have have the project done, yeah, have it yeah. kind of getting out to our local people and the people who helped us through Indiegogo. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, a lot of the work that we do is being organized, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how do you reach as many people? You know, you can have a really strong record, mm -hmm. but there's a whole other thing of how do you get it out right. to as many people as you yeah. can. Yeah. So, cool. hopefully folks will like the record, you know, and... Uh, we like it. A lot of people we know like it, and I think it'll just cascade out there. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Nice Either work way, on DJ's it's part, done. You, know? <laughs> you got DJ here kind of running things for you, too. Yeah, DJ's, yeah. DJ's kind of nice part, the yeah. guy who helped record most of the record. Our other friend, Tim Prince, as well. Yeah. Uh, these two are just awesome. We're, we've got a lot of this beautiful old analog gear mm -hmm. in the studio here from yeah. Tim Prince. And DJ came on, uh, and he's kind of you know, our, our guy to, to blend the two worlds, you know, mm -hmm. and he's been running this gear and we couldn't have done it without him. He was huge on the tour. He was everywhere. He, he was two-stepping on stage at the Rio. <laughs> <laughs> Ten-minute two-step. <laughs> Very cool. Good stuff. It gets exciting up there on stage. It does. Nice job. You want to take us out with one more song? Um, well, yeah, sure, we could do that. Okay. Thanks again for everything. Thank you, man. Yeah. Nice working with you, too. And here, this is, this yeah. is real I'm glad you came in to record with us. Me, too.
Now beyond the mountains where the poetry began Now beyond the canyons to the river deep within The spirit's gonna wander and it will come home again The journey can't get lonesome You better be your own best friend Power of your story, the medicine of your song, the healing of the laughter when the tears are finally gone. It's a good day to be on your way, my friend. And come on, keep your head up. I know the sun is gonna shine. Oh, be on your 
Thanks, for having us, buddy. Way, way fun, as always, hanging out with Keith Greninger and DJ Higdon, the the guy behind the board there. Also a fine singer-songwriter up there at Wind River Studios. The new record is called Soul Connection. You can now find it as of yesterday. It's on cdbaby.com, which means it'll be up in iTunes very shortly if you prefer to get your music that way but uh, definitely it's a great record with this t- whole bunch of great people on it and i i like the fact that he brought in these just amazing players but also had you know our local folks on their day-ins on there at art alm and just all our, our favorite jimmy norris you know keeping everybody legal in the background you know just there's all these people on there that we all just admire locally too so it's a really really great big record with a lot of cool stuff Soul Connection from Keith Greninger, recorded in Santa Cruz at Wind River Studios. Check it out, keithgreninger.com, or go to my site, michaelgeithry.com, and look up Songs and Stories 139. Coming up next on Songs and Stories, I'm not quite sure. I have a lot of friends with new CDs, and we're trying to get together, but there'll be something up near the end of next month, I'm sure. Uh, So uh, whether you found this on KC Cafe Radio or Grateful Dread Radio Nashville or you found this on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook or Twitter or my site, which is a nice place to go to. I didn't mention michaelgaither.com already. Thank you for listening, and please support these artists. They're making great, really cool music, and uh, you can keep it going by buying their records. Once again, I'm Michael Gaither. Thanks for listening to Songs and Stories. Take care.